a proud member of the Earglue Media family of podcasts. You're listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a podcast dedicated to helping gamers not suck. Our two-step programs of suck up and get good will help even the worst of gamers just be bad. We review the latest video game titles, cover the latest news, and discuss issues that affect gamers. Here are your hosts of Bad Gamers Anonymous, Bad Gamer Jason, Bad Gamer Joe, and Bad Gamer Crowley. Get good, scrubs. Yes, welcome to yet another episode of Bad Gamers Anonymous. I am your host, Mr. Crowley. I am joined this week by the same two yahoos that were here last week. Joe, welcome back. Glad to be here. Doesn't sound like it. Jason, thanks for coming. <laughs> you're welcome. Anytime. See, that's that's how you're supposed to sound, Joe. He's just better at lying. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. This is episode 73, show and tell. We got a lot to get to this week, but before we do, we got a couple of housekeeping issues that I want to just talk about real quickly. If you're going to be in Chicago for Star Wars celebration this uh, April, I believe it's April 10th through the 15th, head on over to eargluemedia.com forward slash SWCC forward slash and uh, sign up there and just let us know that you're going to be in town. Uh, the Cantina cast is going to be there and they're going to be uh, podcasting during Star Wars Celebration. So if you want to hang out with them, with me, with us, uh, just go there. Fill out a little form letting us know when you're going to be there and we'll see if we can't connect. It's always nice to hang out with the fans. Just please take a shower beforehand. I read an article that said if you're if you are a right winger, you don't like the smell of body odor. I think I don't think anybody likes the smell of body odor. I don't understand why that would even be an article to write. I don't I don't get it. It wasn't written by Kotaku, shockingly enough. Are you sure? Somebody yeah, that I'm, somebody that, that moonlights at Kotaku, maybe? Possibly. I didn't Right. I didn't I guess I didn't dig that deep into it. Uh however if you want to dig deep on that Earglue Media site, while you're there, click that Discord button, join the Discord madness. You can hang out with everybody here, Jason, Joe, myself. You can also hang out with Albert and Jonesy from the Cantina cast, Albert from uh, the basement, and yes, even Mike, who is uh, who does the Manny Faces of Masters of the Universe. He's kind of in charge of the whole deal. You can just apologize for him up front. Everything will be great. Go to go to that earglumedia.com. <laughs> click the Discord button and come hang out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, also, while you're there on the Earglue Media site, check, check out my new podcast, Simply Stogies, uh, where I don't talk like this. It's a little more, uh, how would you put it? Sultry. I don't know if sultry is the right word. I'm going to go with sultry. It's almost sultry. like I just say, Gita Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. repeatedly i want to thank everybody who went over there and listened uh, it's been a great first week of of that release we've had a lot of uh listeners so thank you uh, i'm very humbled and appreciative of everyone who went and checked it out please continue to do so uh we're also on stitcher now bad gamers anonymous is on stitcher we're on uh iheart radio we're on spotify uh we're 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 on itunes we're on google podcasts we're on a whole lot of places so you don't just have to check us out, you know, on iTunes. Probably that's where most of you are, but we're everywhere else. Uh, so go check us out there, too, maybe. I don't know. Let's catch up with what Jason and Joe have been up to this week. <laughs> Joe, how much you bench? Not enough. I wish my bench was higher. But I did move a whole uh, lot of tree this week. 
yeah, you did. Uh, but, but everyone's okay. A, a, a tree fell on your parents' house or near your parents' house or in your parents' house. Yeah, a little bit through my parents' house, but yeah, everybody's all right. If a tree falls on your parents' house, does it make a sound? Oh, it made a big sound. Did it wake them up? <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> That's my biggest fear, is being killed by a tree in my sleep. That's it your just, biggest fear? No, not really. I feel like there are things in your life you should be more afraid of. Like what? Like me, big boy. Yeah, well, that <laughs> that is scary. That is extremely scary. Uh, Jason, what about you? What would you get up to this week? <laughs> not much. Um Caught up on uh, some stuff since I was out of town uh, part of last weekend, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Playing uh, playing some Foundation this week. Did a lot of that. I don't know what that is, but I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about it a little bit later. Uh, this episode, Show and Tell, we, we're coming with all kinds of different stuff. I'm coming with a game. Joe's coming with a game. Jason's coming with a game. We're going to talk about some games, so it should be a good time. Let's jump right in like we always do. Let's talk about gaming news. Uh, this week, uh, the Paris Fan Fest for Final Fantasy XIV went on, or I suppose it was last week, and there were some announcements, and I promised you last week that we would cover it. For those of you who don't know, Final Fantasy XIV was kind of where this podcast got born out of. Both of my former co-hosts uh, and I played together uh, for years. And uh, so, yeah, Final Fantasy XIV is near and dear to my heart, even though I don't play it anymore because it is repetitive and stale. Uh, they did announce a new tank job, Gunbreaker, for those Final Fantasy VIII fans. Or was it nine? I don't remember. Which one had Squall? I think he was a Gunbreaker. Uh, I don't remember. Was don't it remember. nine? Was it? I don't know. Regardless, that's the new tank job that they announced at the Paris Fan Fest. Uh, they also announced a raid put together by the creators of uh, Nair or Nier Automata. I didn't play the game either. You guys play that? Not that one. No, it was on my list of games to check out, but I never got around to it. Yeah, it was on my list of games to avoid. It looked kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but the two creators of that, they are guest creating a raid. Uh, for Final Fantasy XIV. If you're not familiar with the raid, it's like, uh, well, it's just a bunch of people going in and it's madness and chaotic and, and there's, there's, there's all kinds of mechanics. So it'd be interesting to see, but I'm not subbing just to see that. However, this next piece of information I might sub for. They have announced a new race for the Shadowbringer, uh, expansion, the Viera. This is a female-only bunny race. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and they're scantily clad like the Makote, except they have bunny ears and not a cat tail and ears. So you can imagine who's upset about this direction in the game. Who would that be? You don't? Seriously, you don't know? No, I have no idea. I mean, it's... <laughs> They, it looks odd seeing uh, bunny ears on scantily clad women. Um, but I mean, wait, wait, hey. what do you mean odd? Like odd is in it should only be seen on Playboy covers. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't find that particularly appealing. Or I, you I, don't, you don't jerk off the hentai. No, I can't say well, that I do. Then. Right, well. Then maybe this hobby not for you. Um, 
the the there are females there are women who are upset about this because they feel that it's being uh over sexualized okay nah if i was gonna be upset about it i'd, I'd be upset because it looks dumb <laughs> okay fair enough i suppose but the viera class has a uh a background in final fantasy it's not like they just made up this race uh in order to have skint i mean at least not now it's not new they didn't make it up now they didn't just, just make skin. it up to have right. clad women. they made it up to have scantily clad women years ago well yeah that's kind of what the japanese <laughs> do have you not played a japanese game i'm not saying i wasn't aware of this practice <laughs> Right. Okay. I mean, there are vending machines where you can you, get out pants. You ever you ever play a dead or alive game? Exactly. Right. Bingo. So anyway, there there are women who are upset about this, and I just don't see it as that big of a deal. Yeah. Neither do I. I mean, it's. I guess if they have a backstory that kind of explains their kind of S and M fetish dress, then <laughs> sure, whatever. I mean, there, there probably I, I isn't a good the, backstory for it. I watched the trailer. They're they're in some very impractically designed clothing and very tall high heels. They're running across fields in these high heels. Didn't you if, and I talk about Soul Calibur Six not that long ago? I mean, yeah. Okay, well, Ivy's running around fighting. In whatever it is she's wearing. Hey, and if she finds that practical and that works for her, then more power to her. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and like slut shame her or anything. My real question is if you sub for this, Crowley, what are the chances we can get you to cosplay as a Viera? What, in like real life? Yeah. Yeah. Zero. How much money would it take? Because I might be willing to start a Kickstarter for this. (laughs) (laughs) I might will be willing to donate to the Kickstarter. Uh, I, it would take literally probably $300,000. So you're saying for like $600, you wouldn't put on one of those suits and some bunny ears? No, absolutely not. 300000 maybe. All right. I'm like, going to see what I can do because I kind of <laughs> want to see this. I, I would literally, like I that that would be the minimum. Well, I would I mean, even entertain. You've already, you've already set your price. You can't start jacking it up now. Yeah, it's All too right, late. Fine, We've got you on, sure. on tape. We got you. Sure. 300,000. There you go. I'll do it. You you get me 300,000 in a bank account and I'll put on whatever. I don't even care. It <laughs> now I like where this is going. I, whatever I, you I, say. I, huh? I will. That's right. I'll whore my body out for $300,000. I don't care. Uh, Shadowbringers launches July 2nd. So you too can be upset at scantily clad bunny eared women. Mm. So I watched the yeah. trailers for this and man. Square Enix does production values so well. I it, it almost made me want to play the game just to see more of these cutscenes. I would say, like, if I'm comparing this to WoW, because that's really what you compare every MMO to, right? If I'm comparing this to WoW, I enjoy it more than WoW. WoW is okay, but this game is much better. And that's not saying that it's great. I just think it's a better MMO. Yeah, I'm not a good gauge on MMO because I played WoW when it was back in beta and I didn't like it back then. So I played a lot of WoW, but I have no desire to play it at all anymore. Yeah, I don't know if that's it. Like if if I've just outgrown the MMO or if the MMO just hasn't and it's just a constraint of technology, it hasn't grown along with me. Now, the first VR MMO, I'm there. There's a and couple, then, but they're not good. 
Right. It's like the then I would cosplay as a Vieira in my house with the VR unit on my head. I would pay <laughs> such good money for that video. I would too. Wait, you dress up too, or you'd pay good money to see it? Oh, I, I'd pay it. good money to see it. Oh, okay. Well, three hundred thousand. There you go. That's three hundred thousand dollars, and I'll dress up like a Vieira. <laughs> you know what else ex- excites me, other than seeing you in a Vieira costume? If that's what excites you, I think you need to see somebody. Oh, without a doubt, I need to see somebody. But you in a Vieira costume? No, no. I mean professionally. I could, I could watch you professionally wear professional. Yeah. See, are you going to have a dream tonight about me dancing around in a bunny suit, going guitar? Oh well, I am now. (laughs) (laughs) What else excites you, Jason? Xbox Live on the Switch, iOS, and Android. But why? Well, because it looks like they're going to start expanding their cross-platform play and messaging capabilities so that they're basically expanding their audience and they're going to put uh they're going to put the PlayStation on notice. Well, so, so the there's Xbox- a lot here there's a lot here about the social aspects about uh, chat and friends lists and stuff crossing over, but they specifically say that there wasn't anything necessarily mentioned yet about um, this being all-out crossplay to start with. This no, isn't like going to just be cross-platform play as soon as you install this on everything. This is just more of like a they're bringing Xbox Live achievements over so you can get gamer points while playing games on other platforms and um, still talk to your same friends. I think this could lead to a bigger cross-platform thing, but that's not really where they're at yet with it. Yeah, that's true. So, but one of the things that they're uh, they're pushing is the SDK, which is the software development kit that allows games built upon that SDK that works with PlayStation or I'm sorry, Xbox Live to cross play that's going to be available for ios android and the switch so it's it's they're they're probably not going to have a lot of games it's called microsoft's play fab um they're not going to have a lot of games initially that have that cross play functionality but as more developers jump on board uh you'll have that cross play functionality between the xbox platform your ios and Android devices as well as the Switch. I find the timing of this to be highly suspect. I feel like the Xbox 2, which is technically the Xbox 4. Is that how that works? I don't even know. Uh, the new the new Xbox, the next generation of Xbox, uh, is probably coming out about the same time as the, the PlayStation 5. We're guessing, what, 2020, 2021? Right. Somewhere around there. When that releases, this is all going to be set up. It's going to be good to go. You're going to have developers that are going to have cross-play enabled. It sounds to me like Microsoft and Xbox are trying to get a leg up on PlayStation because PlayStation admittedly is behind when it comes to cross-play. Right. And there's some Microsoft right. titles that already have cross-play along, across many platforms, Minecraft being one of those, and probably the best example at this point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. This this could be something where if PlayStation decides not to play ball and the Xbox, the next-gen Xbox releases with this, 
in place and developed and PlayStation has nothing to counter it, Xbox will be the next gen leader. Easily. But then that'll be interesting for me to see once Xbox, if Xbox becomes the next generation leader and they're playing from out front, are they going to keep the same um, generous positions that they have adapted while they were in second place? Um, because Sony was the big fan-friendly developer while they were in second place, and now they've got a good, strong lead, and they are, they're not playing ball quite as much as they used to. Um, I, don't, I don't remember any time where PlayStation actually played ball. PlayStation uh, has always been the PS, yeah, just, very closed PS3. off, very walled up. Yeah, uh, very PS3, standoffish. They were, they were they were very big on not necessarily playing ball with other developers, but I mean with the with the user base, they were much better with um giving the fans what they were looking for uh support-wise and feature set-wise and taking care of uh, backwards compatibility. Um not with the PS4, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but you know what? But you know what? P- people don't actually want backwards compatibility. I've read studies; they've done studies where they offer it and no one uses it. Yeah, no, you know? I, I'm not saying that. It's, there's certainly a small fan base that wants it because there are some games. I will admit, from the PS3 days, where if I could just pick it up, throw it in the PS4, I would certainly play it. But it's not a lot of games, and it doesn't really affect negatively my gaming experience. But there are a small minority of very vocal people that want that. They've always wanted the backwards compatibility. And it's just an example of PlayStation not really doing what you yeah, just said. But as did. we've discovered on this podcast, you don't like it when companies uh, play down to the small vocal minorities. I don't know. It was really nice being able to pick up Red Dead Redemption and throw it in my Xbox One and play that a couple months before Red Dead Redemption 2 came out so I could refresh myself on the story. Right. There are there are a couple. Uh, I mean, well, first, Sony has a reason for not doing uh, backwards compatibility, and it's not just because they don't want to. It's because they built their systems on stupid cell processors and whatnot before, and uh, that would require actual hardware being built into the uh, new generation just for it. That'd be extremely expensive. So it's not just a hey, we don't want to do it. It was a it was a a decision that was made generations ago uh, as far as consoles go to how they wanted to build their games that bit them in the butt later. Well, well, but Microsoft did the same thing. They they built the Xbox One on an incompatible flat platform with the Xbox 360, but they, they designed an emulator that was able to run on the Xbox One and play 360 games. And it's interesting you, you bring that up because I just read an article where there is a patent out for one of them. And I don't remember wh- which one. I think it's PlayStation. And if I find the article, I'll certainly post it in the show notes with the rest of these articles that we're talking about today. Uh, but they have patented technology that allows you to have backwards compatibility all the way back to the PS1. Right. But this is, this is newer. Uh, last time I checked, Playing an emulated Xbox 360 game on PC was way easier than trying to play an emulated PS3 game because the emulation had not found a way to software reproduce that cell processor in the same way that they had with the Microsoft systems. So uh, that was a bigger hardware hurdle for them to get over um, and one that was not worth the expense as far as build, 
pro- continuing to produce cell processors and put them in uh, PlayStations. I can see that. Speaking of expensive mistakes, <laughs> <laughs> Activision has lost near half of its value in stock in the past four months. Yeah, what I what I say about a month ago, we need to start watching Activision because there's there's things happening. So, in fairness, they're not the only ones, right? And in the past year, in the past year, we're looking at. Electronic Arts being down uh, 35% overall and Activision Blizzard being down 38%. Yeah, Take-Two Interactive. And Take-Two is down 21. Yep. Uh, big, the big giant names in gaming right now are suffering because um, they are not making the agile decisions and uh, right decisions to keep up with game, uh, companies like Epic with Fortnite, who is just destroying them in these head-to-head standoffs with these games, and it's starting to show in a really big way. Yeah, they're 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 definitely not finding ways to monetize the revenue streams like uh, like uh, the oh my god, PUBG has. Um, with you know free to play games that have microtransactions and i think a lot of it is they're they're hammering these microtransactions down their player base's throat uh such as the example for battlegrounds 2 um when they came out with those microtransactions uh that was just a, a huge bad taste in everybody's mouth because not only do you have to play the game an inordinate amount of time to get anywhere, but you have to spend loads of money to get some of the characters that everybody wants. Uh, it just, they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. These independent companies are, are coming up with ways to cater to the players uh, in, a, in a lot more, like you said, agile fashion than the big behemoths. And I think EA and Activision are falling on separate sides on, on that. I think EA is trying way too hard to force uh, gameplay adjusting, like uh, microtransactions. That, like in Battlefront, they were they were putting guns that made huge differences into how good you could do in multiplayer matches behind paywalls, really steep ones. So I think EA is putting too much behind too steep of paywalls and trying to force that down your throat. And I think Activision Blizzard isn't doing enough i think you know the, the the blizzard games that i see on a regular basis are like diablo and starcraft and they're not putting those properties out fast enough and they're not monetizing those properties at all once they're out and i know overwatch is big but i haven't spent a ton of time with overwatch but the time i did spend there i didn't feel like there was any like draw for me to try to buy a loot box. I was getting I was getting loot boxes from playing like after every match. And if I'm getting that many from playing, why would I spend money on them? Right, they, they weren't rare enough to make you want right. them. Right, so I feel like they were on the opposite side of that spectrum where they're just not doing the right things to monetize and EA is trying to do too much to monetize and both of those things don't work. Well, I've been kind of quiet and just kind of let you two you know, talk about this, but I think an interesting aspect of 
of this monetization and and Activision Blizzard having financial problems. Uh, EA, like Take Two, uh, is down twenty one percent this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Electronic Arts and Activision Blizzard, thirty five percent and thirty eight percent. Right. So what's the fallout from this? The fallout from this is that game developers are getting laid off. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Justin Schreier, a news editor for Kotaku. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to bring up Kotaku. Tweeted out earlier uh, uh, this week that, and he he mentions some of these these layoffs that game developers need to unionize. And that's the answer, because that would then force the CEOs of EA and Take-Two and Activision Blizzard. Uh, it would force them to give up part of their salaries to make sure that their workforce stays uh, gainfully employed. Uh, yeah, I think that's misguided. I think the call for unionization for developers is more along the lines of the atrocious hours that they force these guys to work. Or these there, well, there are there are a ton of problems. The atrocious hours are a big one, and another practice that's common in game development right now is hiring in huge teams and having them work wicked long hours during development. And then when the game is 85, 90% done laying off three quarters of the team so that when you finish the game, there's less people on staff to bonus and um, less people to credit. But that's just a good business decision. Uh, The game's game's done. The game's 90% done. You don't need the entire workforce that you needed in order to pump the game out. If you don't have another product in the pipe, Good business says lay off the people that you don't need. Now here's right, the but, thing: but you the go thing. into no, but this. No, but hold on, because but, here's but, the but thing: you, is that because they bring people in immediately afterwards to start on another project. The reason they're they're getting rid of people and bringing people in constantly is because they the way that they set up these contracts everywhere is based on bonusing out when the game is completed and they get rid of almost everybody right before it gets completed and they bring everybody back in right when the next thing starts. So they are just avoiding that big expense of people who have put all this labor in. It's not just good business sense because they don't need that much staff. They still need the staff. They just don't want to have them around during the part where they have to pay them. Well, here's the thing. If you don't like the way that a company conducts their business, don't work for that company. Right, but this is this is this, this is, is a standard working practice. Working isn't a right. Working no, is a this privilege. Is a, this is a standard practice in the industry, and it's dirty. And that's the problem. I'm then, not saying then, that unionization is the correct move, but there's a lot of problems with the game development industry and the way they treat the labor. And it well, needs that could to be change. said about almost any. It's boss. a lot worse in this industry than it is in a lot of oh, yeah, other industries. Uh, the developer I mean, abuse just... that's been going on in this industry for a while now has run rampant, and I think that unionization could help their you know collective bargaining uh, power. Uh, that they may certainly get some better contracts out of that. The problem is, is uh, game development for whatever reason, because it's not typically a, a highly paid development skill you can go and and develop you know productivity apps for a hell of a lot more money than you could developing a game just because there are so many people that want to be a game developer 
uh, that's that's driven the the cost of development uh, to hire a developer down. But that being said, collective bargaining and, and unionization would would help their case. I mean, if if a game company has to uh, has to hire union labor, then they they would be a lot I've, less. They would be a lot more res- hesitant to pull some of the shenanigans that they've been pulling. Uh, I suppose, but people have been telling retail the retail workforce to unionize for decades, and they don't. Well, and so, but the the problem with retail workforce is it's not a highly skilled workforce. No, I understand that. And while this is a highly skilled workforce, like you pointed out, everyone and their mother wants to do this, goes to school to do it, and then they go into an oversaturated workforce. Mm-hmm. So this is this is all cyclical. The oversaturated workforce will drive people out of the workforce eventually where they'll go find gainful employment doing something else in a different industry with possibly a different skill set. And that will leave those uh, that, that are in the industry able to uh, better negotiate, uh, probably without unionizing. Yeah, but this has been a problem for years and years and okay. years, and it has not gotten better. It has gotten worse. Can you worse. give me a specific examples? There was Be- there there were people complaining about the way they were treating the 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 workforce, about the hours spent, about the um, uh, laying people off before bonuses were due, uh, about okay, but you're uh, not abusive behavior. Spe- specific- I am getting I'm getting to it. Let me finish my sentence. During the first Red Dead which was years ago. There was talk about this in uh, Rockstar's early days during uh, the original Grand Theft Auto games, during GTA 1 and 2. There was talk, there's been talk about this with EA since like the 90s, right? This is not a new behavior. This is a repeated behavior that continues to get worse because nothing's being done about it. Because the workforce is saturated. It's oversaturated with people who want to make video games. Sure, it's oversaturated. I'm not saying it's not, but that doesn't mean that treating people like crap is okay. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's really treating people like crap because here's the oh, thing. Oh no, it, 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 <laughs> I don't know it, that it is. It's definitely treating people like crap. From a guy who used to work 70, 80 hour work uh, weeks and then drive an hour to and yeah, used to. I can't anymore. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> and have to drive an hour, uh, an hour or an hour and a half to uh, and from work every day. I mean, you're not going to get any sympathy from me. You do what you have to do to put food on the table and you just do it. That's just what it is. If you think unionizing is the answer, great, go for it. But I promise you, it isn't. The unions, and you can take a look at the unions today, uh, are they are a, a, a political machine more than they are a machine for the workforce. And that's just the bottom line. So if you want to change saying, the industry. I'm not saying that unionization is definitely the answer. I never said that, but what I am saying is that the the labor practices in this industry are atrocious, and people don't deserve to be treated that way, even if they really want to make games. If you want to change the industry, if you're that passionate about it, if you think that it's a travesty what these companies are doing, stop buying their games. That's the simple answer. Well, you you hit them in the pocketbook and they'll change. The problem is, and this is this goes for everyone who listens to this podcast and everyone who doesn't listen to this podcast. 
if it doesn't directly affect you, you probably don't care. But if you stop buying, if you if you stop buying their games, they're just gonna stop making games. That's not gonna fix the labor practices. That's just going to uh, sure eliminate jobs. Absolutely, it will. Because guess what? It will drive people out of that workforce, which will then the the, the workforce won't be oversaturated, and it will uh be, come to an equilibrium. Yeah, but you've you've got to have a critical mass of enough people that stop buying these games in order for that to happen. One and or two individual won't. principled individuals are not going to make a difference. I, right, because I just said, if it doesn't directly affect you, you probably don't care. Like, you can sit there and you can say that it's terrible that Rockstar made their writers work. I mean, they're so, writers. It's not like they were doing manual labor. They weren't busting rocks all day. That what they were doing is they were writing. That they made their writers work 100-hour weeks. It's just terrible on them. And you still bought the game. Mm-hmm. I bought the game. You bought the game. Joe bought the game. It's terrible that a writer had to sit in a room with other writers for 80 hours and figure it out. Oh, my gosh. I bet they had lunch every day, too. And I'm sure they worked just 80 hours straight. They just didn't stop. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. So this boo-hooing over that kind of stuff, I just it, it doesn't bother me. Again, these aren't people who are doing manual labor. These aren't people that are busting rocks. They're not in sewers cleaning out your crap. They're not making sure that the world goes round and round. This is basically a luxury industry. Sure, but it's it's still not right to, especially on salaried employees, which most of these are they getting are. paid. Yes. It's not right that salaried retail employees have to work 80-hour weeks, and they do it. I don't see articles about that saying, oh, well, I'm not saying, okay, that's something. that's a false equivalency. I didn't say that. It's not a false equivalency. Retail, it was okay I, for retail and not okay for game companies. That's that's not then my where argument. Are the articles? It's not okay where are to the treat, articles? It's not okay to treat anybody like that. But this is the way that people have been treated. And, and what I'm honestly, saying is... Well, hold on. And honestly, in the last century, work conditions have gotten exponentially better. So I reject this. It's not right. It's not fair. Because if it's not right and it's not fair, people will quit. People will stop. People will go work in a different industry. I've seen it. If someone thinks that they're being mistreated, they stop. They go elsewhere. This is people on the outside, people like Kotaku, saying, oh, these people, they're so mistreated. They're so no, mistreated. I, okay, so I first have, of all, I have per, I've seen a lot of people firsthand talk about how bad this is and complain about the working conditions, not just their outside people looking in, people inside speaking out. And, and if you can't, if you don't, can't accept that, go take a look online. It's not hard to find the the statements that have been made. From the inside out, people who have left and who or who have uh, moved on to other industries talk about how horrible the working conditions are. All right, and the other thing that you're wait, not wait, 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 credit, hold, on, wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on, it's disingenuous. The, the other thing to say that work conditions have improved greatly over the last century because at the turn of the last century, and from the 1900s to the 2000, or yeah, from the 1800s to the 1900s. There were labor laws enacted because people were working 100 hours a week in sweatshops. Now, if you look at like the last 50 years, work conditions have not improved. They've they've declined. People are working a hell of a lot more for a lot less money. 
So I think we I think we need to. Well, let's let's just back the truck up here, because now, I mean, you're getting into an area where you're you're going to talk about quality of life. And if you're going to talk about quality of life here in the United States, which is where a lot of these game developers are, if that's what we're going to talk about, United States and Canada, if that's what we're if that's what we're going with then quality of life in the United States today is better than it was 50 years ago. Again, video games are a luxury item. They are not necessities. They're certainly not a necessity of society. It is a time waster. And so when you talk about work conditions, secondhand smoke is now gone. You can't smoke anywhere. You can't even go outside to have a smoke break. You get paid vacation. Maybe. So... Maybe. Can you show me an example? If you're a, if you're a contractor, documented, you're not documented. going to get paid vacation. Okay, but you're a contractor because guess what? When your contract is up, you've got all the free time you need. Well, yeah. Contractors <laughs> don't get vacation. They don't work for the company. They're contracted out. That that right there is a disingenuous argument because you're not looking at, at, at a, uh, a full-time labor force. You're looking at a contracted labor force. A lot of these people are not allowed to work on, to take vacation time while they're working on a game. Can you show me a documented case of this? Look up. I, I, don't, I didn't pull it because you didn't even tell me you were going to go down this, but why don't you look up the arguments that came out of the last uh, uh, Rockstar well, Wives or whatever. Well, this, the, is, this is, this is the, what we'll do. This is what we'll table this discussion. You come back with some documented cases next week and we'll talk about this because I find this this argument interesting and disingenuous uh, on on both sides. It's if people are really being that mistreated, they can certainly go find a job elsewhere. And if the whole industry is treating people this poorly, where we've got to unionize and we need more labor laws and more government regulation. Then why are you even in that industry to begin not, with? Because you have a love of video games? Nah, I don't necessarily I don't think that. we need more labor laws. Well, then what are we talking about here? Are we talking about what? We're talking about a company trying to make money, which is what every company tries to do. And if they found a way to to use the labor force in an efficient way for them, then great, grand, fantastic. Either leave the labor force and go do something else with the skill set you have. Go learn a different skill set or shut up and do your job. Or organize with the other labor and put more pressure on the company to get what you want. I find I find it interesting that you have a problem with a company patching a game to work on their bottom line, but not with exploiting their workforce. I, I'm 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 I guess I'm not tracking what you're what you're trying to say. Well, if if Ubisoft was bowing to capital capitalism when they Added, oh no, they weren't I mean, bowing to capitalism. They were just bowing to a vocal minority. They were bowing to capitalism. No, that's not, capitalism. That's, yeah, that's, that's not capitalism. That's yeah, like, not capitalism. Somebody there was, needs that was to a sit PR you down move. PR and move. have an economic discussion with you. PR moves are done to save face so that you don't lose money later. Yep. Uh, right, but they weren't going to lose money. We've already discussed it's a vocal minority. So you can't change my mind there. What you can change my mind about is well you can't even change my mind about this uh, why are you still playing fallout 76 probably because the xbox one is lowering prices to even lower than black friday prices if you buy their xbox one with fallout 76 yes you can save a hundred dollars if you buy it with fallout 76 so basically they're paying you 70 dollars to <laughs> to buy or to play fallout 76 i bet you what? they're still not moving those bundles. i bet they aren't i bet not no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, apparently, Fallout 76, some kid, 
He was doing something to Fallout 76. I don't even care what he was doing. And he ended up in that vault. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about the vault uh, he, where the dev up, is? He ended up in an entirely different vault, but was still so scared because they were banning <laughs> yeah. players for finding their last vault that he he emailed them with screenshots and said, please don't ban me. I found this by accident. Yeah. <laughs> don't ban me because your game sucks and it's all buggy. Right? Don't ban me because you guys are horrible developers. All of you should be... I don't want to say that. None of you should be laid off. You should all have jobs. Apparently, even if you're not willing to work. Thanks, AOC. Uh, Let's move on. Let's talk about mobile games. So this week, I promised you a review of the NASCAR game that I was playing last week. And here it is. It sucks. Don't download it. It's just a left-hand turn (laughs) with a bunch of paywalls. It's just stupid. How did you not see a bunch of left-hand turns in your future when you got that game? (laughs) <laughs> oh no! This is a surprise. Just tap, tap on the well, left. I remember, I remember Daytona seventy, like, uh, or the Daytona five hundred uh, video game. Like, do you remember that the arcade game where you sit down yep. in it? And it yeah, and yeah, it's got the force feedback steering wheel. Like, I loved that game. Yeah, so but you don't just, have a, you don't have a steering wheel or force feedback. All you have is tap and hold. This should no, have been it's not NASCAR even tap and, tap and hold. hold. It's you can tilt. You can tilt your phone. Oh. It's tilt and hold. This is stupid. Don't. I, I mean, would it looks really good. Tap and hold. Right. Well, here, like, here's the deal. It looks really good. It plays like crap. No, don't download it. Uh, but I'm still playing the Sniper 3D Assassin Gun Shooter game. That's the full title of this Sniper 3D Assassin Gun Shooter game. Yeah, I didn't find I it. Even... I don't think it's on iOS. I typed in Sniper 3D, and there were like a dozen different games that had Sniper <laughs> 3D in the title. So then I typed in well, Sniper 3D Assassin you know, gun and there was one, but it wasn't gun shooter. So I don't know what to tell you. This, this game's amazing. So it's not like you have to turn your phone. This is tap and hold and you scroll on your, on your phone, touch screen wise to, to move your, move your gun. I can't stop playing the stupid thing. I haven't had to buy anything yet. You can do the missions to get enough money to uh, move on. I think I'm in the third city, third or fourth city now. Uh, and you have to tear up your gun and you can get enough money to upgrade your gun and then to, to buy a new gun. And then it's all about getting the headshots, man. And then watching the blood just ooze out of their, their brain hole while you, uh, while you, uh, get, get your money. It's, it's amazing. I, I absolutely. So just it. like a real sniper. Right. Like you're sitting there. You're and, tearing uh, up yeah, your gun. And, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not that in depth. And it looks more like, do you guys remember the Virtua Fighters back in the 90s, that Virtua yeah. Fighter? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. Like, it's updated Virtua Fighter, but that's what all the characters look like. But it doesn't matter because you shoot them in the head and then blood goes everywhere. It's amazing. <laughs> Just apparently a violent person. I also downloaded the Hitman game on on uh, Joe's uh, recommendation. Not impressed. No blood. There's blood. I mean, eh, not a lot. Not, do you have, not near- do you have do you have blood turned off in the settings because you can turn blood off in the settings? Oh no, I made sure that was on. Okay. It just doesn't so spray blood, out of their blood. head like on Sniper 3D Assassin. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's no spray. There's no like pools of blood. That's what you're looking for. I wanted pink. Now neither of these games have the pink mist. No. Like I wish they did, but they don't. Uh but uh, there is a there is a big giant pool of blood. When you're when you when your victim hits the ground in Assassin 3D uh, or Sniper 3D Assassin's Gun Shooter, I can't even get the name right. Oh, what a can't, what a great title, right? Like <laughs> Gun Shooter. It's probably 
It's probably a Russian bot that has infected my phone and is sending tweets out. Uh, but the Hitman game, I wasn't impressed with. Now, the, the sound, the uh, sound effects were much better in Hitman. The graphics were much better in Hitman. Uh, the I like game. The, I like the puzzle aspect of the, uh, Hitman. Yeah, where you've got to hit, like, you've got to blow stuff up, or you can lure people in to shoot them, like, you hit a car. To get to, to remain mm. undis- uh, undiscovered, or, like, I like. I really enjoy shooting guys off of a uh, one level down and having them land on guys land below them. Land on somebody them. else. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. It does have fun aspects to it, but it just it seemed very repetitive. I mean, you're shooting people from a distance. Uh, and I never had anybody shoot back at me in Hitman. No, there isn't any. It's just a puzzle game. In Sniper 3D Assassin, Gun Shooter, they, they shoot back at you. I guess if are, you're if you're not looking if you don't particularly care for puzzle games because the puzzles in Hitman Sniper get pretty difficult and on trying to stay as soon as you get discovered your main target runs away so right. you can't get discovered so they get pretty difficult you have to like look at the level and figure it out as a as you go in uh, Hitman. Uh, I, it's not that it's not the puzzle that I I didn't like. It's just the gameplay. You know what I was, I was impressed with? I was impressed with the prices on some of the rifles that you can buy for Hitman Sniper. Yeah, there are some pretty high priced ones in <laughs> yeah, there. Like, I don't, yeah, so 20, I, when I mean, first dollars, I, like, yeah. Oh, I, oh, you're talking like real, real money behind money. real money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a little ridiculous. But the, 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 like the best one or two rifles are unlockable for free. So uh, you can buy a bunch of dumb looking rifles and for real money if you want, but there's no need. There's no need to. They're well, not there's like, also there's a PVP aspect right. to 3D the 3D shooter. There's not one I don't think to hit. No, me. there is. There's no yeah. There's and there's a horde mode thing too that what? you can play. Yeah, there's in Hitman. fact there's one of the rifles oh, the that you can mode? buy yeah. that gives you an advantage in PVP. Oh, I see. So it's pay to win. Yeah, uh, stay away from Hitman. And go play uh, the 3D shooter, assassin, gun shooter. Thing. Well, I haven't spent any money on Hitman, and I am still thoroughly enjoying it. So if you have self-control <laughs> at all, go ahead and get Hitman and enjoy it. Wow. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Jason, uh, what were you playing this week? Foundation? I'm playing Foundation. So this is a, this is a mis- medieval city builder that has some non-grid-based organic building. So what you do is you paint a zone. Uh, and these are going to be like your residential zones, your resource gathering zones, uh, where you plant crops, where you replant trees, things like that. Um, and then you you actually do choose where you build your resource uh, buildings. Um, but all of the other residential housing is done automatically based off of the zones that you paint and where they put them uh, is fairly, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's not uniform. It's not like your, your standard, um, Civ city uh, or Sim city kind of grid pattern. So all of the pathing, uh, is done by the trails that all of the little tunes, uh, go through. So this was a this was a Kickstarter by a development house called uh, Poly, Polygon Games, and 
I bought into the Kickstarter, oh gosh, I guess it was uh, almost two years ago at this point. Uh, they originally were looking for 75,000 Canadian, but they got like 167,000 Canadian, which is like $3 Isn't American. Like, so I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, it's like $2. Yeah, they're, they're working on a pretty tight budget. But man, what they've done so far with uh, with the Kickstarter funds that they've got is, is really impressive. So it's still in alpha, uh, but you can't get it on early release on Steam. And uh, last time I had played this was September 2018. Um, and then I picked it up this week so I could talk about it this week. And, and the strides that they've taken uh, in just the, I guess, two or three months since I last played it is, is pretty uh, impressive. So when I stopped playing it, they had some problems with the economy. Uh, after a certain point, you'd get to a, a specific population and your economy would go into this death spiral from which you couldn't pull out of, and it was the game was basically unplayable at that point. But it was really an early alpha, so you couldn't really fault them for that. They got the economy, uh, they got the economy fixed, so it's it's actually really really easy to to get your stable your economy stable, and then just start building things. They have monuments that you can build, uh, such as. Uh, you can build a keep, uh, you can build a monastery, a church, your Lord's Manor, um, and this is all modular. So you can design a castle or a keep uh, to whatever design specifications you want. And this is alpha. And this is all alpha. Yeah, this is all still alpha. Um, How much does it cost? Right now, $30. So, a game that is admittedly in alpha testing... Mm -hmm. Costs you $30. $30. Okay. So I have a huge problem with that. But before I go into my rant about why I have a huge problem <laughs> with that, the last time that a game would did this that I had a huge problem with, it became the number one game in the entire freaking universe. It's called <laughs> Fortnite. So get in on the, the foundation level of foundation now because I'm calling it. It's the next freaking Fortnite. Uh, I hate it when these game developers sell a game that's not done. Like, it's bad enough that when I buy a, a $60 AAA game, there's always a day one patch, and then things are still screwed up, and then I've got to wait for, uh, you know, a week to 10 days for them to, to patch that, and then that screws things up. It's not a finished game until usually a month down the road. Not every time. Spider-Man the, was the notable exception. But most games, that's what happens. So you're already spending $60 on an unfinished game. Now, these game developers, because they've got these platforms like Steam, they can put out a game that's not even close to being done, call it alpha testing, and sell it to you for $30. Uh, I am actually way more okay with Steam Early Access than I because they are being upfront about the game being not done than I am about all these games that are coming out for 60 bucks and require patch after patch for weeks before you can even play them. Uh, at least these developers are telling you, hey, give us money, but this game's not done. And they're telling you up front so you know it's not done. That's a fair point, and I really wish Fallout 76 had done right. Yeah, if Yeah, that game that game is still not done, and it's been out for forever. And, yeah, that's, a, that's an alpha game. And that game is full price and has was released as done, and here we are. I would much rather them be honest and tell me, hey, this game... It's not done, but we'll still take your money. So 
typically <laughs> I do not buy into early access games or even really games on on Kickstarter because I've been burned several times by buying into an early access game that just dies on the vine. Um, I bought in on th this game because what they showed as their proof of concept looked compelling. I mean, it looked like it didn't look like a totally finished game, but it was it was presentable. And whenever you bought into it and they finally released it, which, like I said, was a long time ago, it was actually playable. There weren't a lot of features, but it was playable. So their their initial Kickstarter presentation impressed me. Um, and I figured, OK, that sounds good. I, I like what you what you showed me. I'm going to go ahead and invest. And this was Kickstarter. This was long before it was on Steam. They only released this on Steam like February 1st. So they didn't they didn't release on Steam until it was in a fairly playable state. I mean, it's it's not super engaging. They've still got a lot of work to do. Um, they've got a roadmap online that shows what their released features are, what they're currently working on, and what they've they've still got in the pipe. And they've also got a lot of uh, DLC for those uh, Kickstarter uh, people that came in. Um, they've got uh, some witch. They got a witch hunting DLC and a natural disasters DLC that they'll release. Uh, they're gonna do a photo mode tool as as part of the stretch goals. A Highland architecture pack. So if you ever thought I need more Scots in my game, well, this game's got it for you. So um, uh, a map creation tool. They're gonna have a map creation tool, and it's fully moddable. So. I, this is this is one of the rare games that I looked at and said, yeah, I, I'll go ahead and and roll the dice and and support this game. So, and you've been pleasantly surprised. I really you have. Would encourage others to go buy this. Yeah, game. I mean the the development on this has been a lot better than than some other early uh, early access games that I've seen since they released on February first. There's been five bug fix patches. That they released, and like I said, this is an alpha. I'm sure they released this to to get a few extra funds and probably get a lot more people in, so they could stress test and and you know squash some of these bugs. Nice, nice. So there you go, Foundation. Go check it out. Thirty dollars on Steam. Uh, I don't know if I will, but it sounds interesting because it's kind of like right up my alley. Like I I I, I wanted I want to do it. Like part of me is like, yes, Crowley, go do this, do it right now. And the other part of me is like Fortnite. I mean, yeah. So, so right now, it's it's pretty much a toy. Um, you you set up your economy, you get that stabilized, you increment it um, as you go on. But basically, you're just building a lot of really cool buildings and and setting up this medieval city. Uh, in the future, they're going to have quests that that actually you know give some challenge to the the gameplay. But yeah, right now it's it's just a you want to sit back and and build a really cool medieval city and and you know, have this virtual terrarium. It's really cool. Joe, what have you been playing, sir? I got a couple of things here. One of them was going to be real quick. Uh, last week I mentioned Alien Blackout. Um, I played more of that this week. Maybe don't buy that. Maybe don't play that game. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's really neat and it had a ton of potential. You're kind of, you play Ripley's daughter, I think, or granddaughter, I think daughter, and you're kind of, locked up in the ventilation system on the sh on a ship and you are guiding people around through the cameras and controlling the doors and keeping them safe from the alien. Um, but what this game actually ends up being is a lot of really 
really overly forgiving quick time events that you don't have to even try to 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 win and it doesn't it's just not fun it it gets more boring than anything else but it had potential um, so if you're a fan of the alien series maybe check it out just because uh, that's what I mean, it is it's fan if service you, or if what? you want to look at it but there's like there's mm-hmm. not the gameplay is so bad it's it there's nothing to it um i would say maybe not because i think it is four bucks so maybe no all right uh, don't check it out um the other thing uh monday uh respawn the makers of titanfall and the upcoming jedi fallen order announced and released same day a game called apex legends which is a uh free-to-play battle royale crowley's favorite in the titanfall engine and it's really fun and it's like surprising uh it's super fast you feel it kind of feels like um well like titanfall 2 did but um kind of that same first person shooter speed that you get out of like a doom or quake game where you're moving faster than you kind of should be (laughs) um which is which is fun and the there's a lot of like running fast or sliding you can run at a wall and jump and you can kind of climb up walls that are a little higher than you really should be able to but there's also no fall damage because of your pilot suit whatever that you're in so it gives you like like the 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 fights in this game are fast and on the move and it's real fast and real fun it forces you to be in uh, squads of three but they've got this really fun fun uh, an impressive tagging system that uh, is contextual. So you just click the mouse wheel button while you're pointing at something and it knows what you're trying to say and alerts your team. So if there's a gun in front of you, you click the mouse wheel on it and it alerts your team, hey, this gun is right here. And then your teammates can dibs it by pressing tab. Um, or if there's an enemy, you can click it and it says, I see an enemy right now. Or if you saw an enemy but missed them when you tagged, it'll say, I saw an enemy over here. Or uh, if you want to go, if there's nothing in front of you and you click in a direction, it'll say, um, hey, let's head this way. So you don't have to actually talk to anybody, which is like fixes that whole mechanic of trying to play squad based games with people who you don't know. That doesn't work. Um, It works really well in this, like really, really well. Um, The character classes are what they call legends. Each legend has its own um, unique ability. None of them are super powerful, but they are um, effective. You have like a smoke grenade or uh, a short burst of cloaking. So you can like run across a doorway or a small gap without getting seen. Um, And an ultimate for each character class too. That's a little more powerful, but still not super overpowered. Um, Everything that's behind paywall is just cosmetics. Um, I get enough crafting materials and um, skins and whatnot out of just playing the game to have no desire to spend any money on it. It just feeds itself. I feel like I'm unlocking something every time I play. And they've got a bunch of plans announced for continued support with additional maps and possibly game modes and new characters and stuff. So it feels like they're in it. And for a surprise free release, this is really impressive. Man, I wonder if they're going to make their their workforce work long hours to support them. <laughs> you know, Respawn... <laughs> Respawn actually does have a pretty good reputation, but they probably will overwork everybody. But <sighs> this is... So the... the, the uh, Back in my day, work meant something! The, uh... 
this is this is great. I really recommend it. It's free. It's on everything. Um, the competition is savage on PC. So if you're not super good at it, maybe play it on console. Uh-huh. Uh, I've had I've had much better luck on console. <laughs> um, but on so, PC, it's savage. It's, so you're not good at it either. Uh, I'm I'm not bad. I'm um, I usually place in the top like ten. So this would force me to play with other people. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not. I don't want to do that. They, you, I think just for because because it's free, it won't cost you anything. Just to see how good a job they did with the tagging system, you should download it and give it like a a two round shot or play this to play the tutorial. It's really impressive how how. Like I think this is gonna be the thing that gets stolen from this game and shows up in other games. So I I watched the trailers and some of the gameplay on this, and it looked a lot like Titanfall. In fact, I think uh, I think this is part of the Titanfall universe. It is. It takes place in the Titanfall universe, and it's a lot of assets and uh, the engine from Titanfall too. Yeah, and I liked Titanfall. Um, Titanfall didn't capture my attention for very long because it, it got old. It got the same. And did you play Titanfall 2? I did not. You should, I think it's super cheap. You should both play the campaign in Titanfall 2. I think it's possibly my favorite first person shooter campaign, maybe second to the new doom in like 15 years. It's really good. See, and it's not super. Titanfall long. was supposed to have a single player campaign, and they dumped it at the last minute, which kind of yeah, irked the camp- me. The t- campaign, yeah. Well, the respawn was having financial troubles when Titanfall came out, but EA bought them post that, and now they have money. Yeah, this this does look compelling, and it kind of draws me to it. But man, it looks manic. I don't know that. I don't know that I've got the. I don't know that I have the reflexes to play this. You might be okay on console. I I I barely I can barely keep up on PC. It's fast, and the people who play on PC are definitely all people who've been playing Fortnite and PUBG for a long time, and like it's a slaughterhouse. Would you consider them gamers? <laughs> I would consider them people who play this game, this style of game, a lot. So they're gamers. Yeah, you saying console gamers aren't gamers because it's a lot easier there. Regardless, it sound, I did see a meme today where uh, Apex Legend is going to be greater than uh, than Anthem. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if this game gets a lot more positive reviews and press than Anthem. And it was a surprise announcement, and they didn't have some kind of weird lunar schedule. Yeah, uh, it just came out. When is, the last time, when is the last time a game was announced and came out the same day? That was like kind of awesome. Well, that's what it used to be back in the day, right? You like when you were a kid, you didn't pay attention to press releases or what company was doing what or who owned what. I don't know. I used to get Nintendo Power. I knew get what games were coming. <sighs> Whatever, dork. Let's talk, <laughs> what you play? Let's talk about my game, Civilization Six. Thanks for asking, Jason. That's very You're nice. Welcome, of you. Joe. Joe never asks. Joe is not a good a good friend or co-host because you have never needed to be prompted <laughs> to talk before once in your life. I'm just saving my breath for when I have to argue with you. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I played Civilization VI on the Switch. Uh, that was a uh, birthday present that I got from my wife slash daughter. She's like, look what Grace got you. Like, Great. <laughs> Thanks. She didn't pick it out. You did. I, like, I'm not four. I understand how this works. Uh, so I got that on the Switch. It is a straightforward uh, real-time strategy game. It is empire building at its best civilization 
has always been good at that. I don't think there's ever been a Civilization game where I went, eh, I don't know if I like this. I really like this game. This game, uh, the graphics are surprisingly good on the Switch. Like, I would imagine on the PC it looks even better. But for the Switch port, it's it looks really good. Uh, the, uh, the Sean Bean as the narrator, I mean, come on. I love Sean Bean. <laughs> He is so much better than Peter Dinklage in video oh, games. Yeah. Peter Dinklage sucked as Ghost in Destiny. Yeah. I don't think he, he wanted to he be there. He it in. No. Yeah. Sean Bean's like, I will do this, and I will do a fantastic job. And he did. He absolutely nailed it. Uh, every time he's telling me about something, I don't even care what it is. I'll just, I, I'll just listen to him. And then when he's like telling me like a, a quote from somebody that I don't care what they said, Again, I'll pay attention. So to that's it. your Gita Jackson. He he is my Gita Jackson. <laughs> so yeah, he does. Like it's a, it's a really nice touch in this game. Uh, instead of just throwing some uh, some some text up there, they've got a big name to come in and narrate this stuff. I'm sure it wasn't cheap, and he does a fantastic job. So kudos to him. Uh, the game options in this game are a plenty for anyone into RTSs. There's a multiplayer that, uh, option that I don't play because I don't really want to interact with anybody. <laughs> but I suppose if you are on the Switch and you have this game, let me know. Come to our Discord, eargloomedia.com, click the Discord button, join it, uh, and say, hey, bad gamer Crowley, let, let's do some multiplayer on here so I can show you. How millennials play games. <laughs> Didn't be, Cab do that? I'm okay with that. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> like pretty handily too. Cab, if you have this game, it's on. Let's do it. This is a game of smarts, not button mashing and cheesing <laughs> it with one move. Can your ego really take losing to him twice? No, Ooh. no, it can't. I might have to go into therapy. Uh, <laughs> there's a multitude of game difficulties. It's more than just easy, normal, and hard. There's literally like seven or eight different difficulty settings. So if you're not Civ that five great. was like that too, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're not that great at these games, you can take it easy at first, put it on the lowest setting. And then when you start getting better, you can start moving it up. When you start figuring out, you know, uh, what's going to boost your economy, what's going to boost your military, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Pro tip. The there first you time you play it, turn off barbarians. Why? Well, because when you're first learning the game, those barbarians will uh, just absolutely wreck you if you don't watch it. Okay. My pro tip is build your military. Like, that's my pro tip right there. Like, carry a big stick. Like, talk softly, but carry a big stick. To preserve peace is to prepare for war. Like, there's a whole litany of little things that I could give you. But, you know, build your military. And you don't have to worry about it. I didn't have to worry about the barbarians. I took care of them, and then everybody thanks me. Well, and, and then I that, kill them. It's not that bad when you're playing on Chieftain. I don't play on Chieftain, sir. <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't, even, uh, I don't even know what to do with you. Uh, you can change not only the difficulty, but you can change the game speed as well. So each turn takes X amount of years. Uh, you can start either, you know, way back. I think it, the the earliest lets you go is what four thousand BC. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then you can you can go from there. Like a marathon game, I I started one because I wanted to see what the marathon game looked like. Yeah, like in to do anything, 
anything, it was hundreds of moves. So if you wanted to build a monument, hundreds yep. of moves. If if you wanted to to uh, activate a military unit, hundreds of moves. If you wanted to just activate a builder, hundreds of moves. Like that's just boring. So I, I didn't do it. I immediately quit out and changed it to a normal speed. Uh, the map types are a plenty as well. Like you can have uh, broken up. You can have uh, uh, one giant continent. You can again litany of options. Uh, and then you can change the victory conditions. Like there's religious, there's uh, economic, there's military, there's 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 a whole again plethora of these options that you can change to 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 change which conditions need to be met in order for you to gain victory over your enemies. Uh, plus, it gives you a a lot of people throughout history to play with. So if you want to play as the United States, you start with Teddy Roosevelt all the way back in 4,000 BC. <laughs> uh, you can also start with uh, the likes of Cleopatra or Alexander the Great or Gilgamesh. Uh, and then like there's other people that don't matter that I don't remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> all semi-famous throughout history because they did things for certain countries. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting game. Uh, if you like real time strategy, I would definitely say, pick this up. This is probably the best iteration in a while of civilization. I don't remember being very keen on civilization five or I even loved, yeah. five. I played a Civ- ton of Civ five. I think it was Civ three that I really dug. I mean, civilization one was what, what hooked me into the series. And I think civilization three was really good. I don't remember really liking yeah. five. But this is a turn-based strategy. Yeah, I keep calling it a real-time strategy. You're right. It is a turn-based strategy. I mean, it is. I mean, it's it's you. you. But it, so it's like chess. Yeah. Now, yep. do they have the DLC available on the Switch as well? Uh, I haven't looked yet because I'm really just taking my time with this game and going yeah. through. I've got a long game going right now where the United States has uh, taken over the entire game. Uh, uh, North American continent and South American continent, and now we're moving in uh, onto the. Oh, Asian so you're continent. empire building. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, so once you once you've uh, yeah gotten through the vanilla Civ Six and gotten to where you've you've gotten the hang of that and can play it pretty well, and if they have that available on the Switch, get Rise and Fall because that changes the game drastically. It's like a whole new game, and it is so good. Well, that added. Uh, that adds what? That adds the natural disaster. No, no, no. That's that's Gathering Storm, which comes out this week. Uh, Rise and oh. Fall came out last year, um, and it adds uh, things like great ages, loyalty, governors, and expands the existing diplomacy and government systems. Okay, I need to buy that immediately. Like the more in depth these games get, the more it sucks me in. Like I, I've been playing Chell with 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 the guys with Jonesy and Shiner and um, Star Lord and and Herd and and Cut Down. I'd rather just sit there and play this. <laughs> well, if there were only crossplay, then I could play it with you off the PC. Well, that's that's a Switch thing. What do you want? Well, from me? soon Switch will be on Xbox Live, so. Yeah, but you don't have it on Xbox, do you? You have it on PC. I do have it on PC, yeah. Yeah, well. Well, maybe one day when the Xbox Live is just everywhere. And that's all anybody plays because Microsoft has that amount of money to throw at it. Uh, is there anything else, gentlemen? Like, like you want to rate your games? Like, what would you rate Foundation, Jason? 
Just on, so yeah. in its current state, um, with uh, you know some of the art aspects that it has that they still need to tune up, I would give it probably a six. All right, so thirty dollars for a six—that's probably doable. Joe, I'm not typically a battle royale guy, but I think this one's really got me hooked, and I'm really enjoying it. So I think I'm going to give this a seven. Wow, uh, Civ Civ Six, uh, turn-based strategy game. I'm going to give this uh, an eight. I think this is uh, very well done. It might even be a nine, uh, be if you throw in Sean Bean's uh, narration. <laughs> so there you go. Like it's really good. I I can't I I can't recommend this game enough. Um, but if you're a millennial and you want to play a battle royal, go play Apex Legends. And yes, I mispronounced that just to piss off Joe. <laughs> I'm not pissed at all. Uh, join us next week because that's the show. This week we're done. Uh, I'm done ranting. Uh, when I rant about some other things, possibly we'll talk about I don't know uh the work the work conditions for game developers. If Joe wants to, you know, come at me with with some with some facts and with some cited uh, uh, documented cases of workforce exploitation in the game developer realm, uh, Jason will be here talking about I don't know whatever it is God uh, allows Jason to talk about. Uh, probably gonna do Crackdown three this week. Oh, good Lord! Well, you're the only one. <laughs> I'll probably play that. Uh, why? <laughs> I'm playing Civilization Six. You two Yahoos can talk because about that. Because he's got Xbox am, uh, Pass, and it'll be. I do have Game Pass, so it'll yep. be free. I I don't. So you guys can talk about that. Uh, so join us next week. Uh, that's Jason. That's Joe. I'm Crowley. Stay smoke. Nope, that's the ah. other one. We'll see you next week. Bad Gamers Anonymous is not affiliated with any video game developer or publisher. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and not of Earglue Media. And they're probably terrible. Executive producer for Bad Gamers Anonymous is James Dean. Get good, scrubs.